0: You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Benley. Today is Monday, November 8th, 2021. We will get back into our player breakdown series tomorrow. But for today, we're gonna do kind of a a first day of free agency, just kind of open dialogue more than anything. No specific um, and any points I wanna hit besides talking about the qualifying offer stuff. Uh, Yesterday was the uh, qualifying offer deadline to, to offer someone a qualifying offer. And after that, uh, free agency started. So free agency, as you are listening to this, is well underway. MLB free agency, it's finally here. Uh, there's some stuff we're going to talk about involving that, some stuff we're going to talk about involving the qualifying offers, and just about the offseason as a whole with the CBA and everything. So, so we got a lot to go over, a plethora of conversations, but no real kind of like set, I want to hit on all these points, just Kind of an open dialogue about free agency starting and and where we are and and all that kind of good stuff. So thank you guys for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. All right. So on Sunday, on on yesterday, if you're listening to this, on Monday the 8th, the qualifying offer deadline was uh, that day, was Sunday. So when looking at teams that offered their players a qualifying offer, um, we see immediately, the there, there's a few that jump off the page and are of immediate interest to your Detroit Tigers. Okay, First off, Justin Verlander and Carlos Correa. Those are the two big ones. So what does a qualifying offer mean? Kind of a, a, a four dummies version. Um, the, the qualifying offer is... Essentially, you they, they take the top, I don't know the exact number, but but the top X amount of contracts AAV uh, wise in baseball and they average them out and and figure out what the, the average per year or single year salary is for the top however many they pick um, salaries in baseball. So for this year it's a little over 18 million, I believe. And you can offer your Player a one year eighteen point whatever million dollar deal for this year, uh, and if they accept it, then there you go. That's all there is to it. They accept it and they're on the team for for one more year for that salary. If they decline it and you bring them back anyway, and you would like let's say you you do that and then you re-sign them for whatever like like five years, then nothing happens and it's just you get them back and it's all good. If they decline it and they sign with a different team, then you, the team that offered them the qualifying offer, you get a pick at the end of the first round in this upcoming draft. So, for instance, in, in Tigers' history, uh, Max Scherzer was offered a qualifying offer after his uh, after the 2014 season. Now, everyone in the planet knew damn well that he was not about to accept that right no one actually expected him to to accept that offer uh because he was um, one of the hottest young pitchers in baseball and uh was going to get paid which he deserved to get paid um so so but you, you offer it anyway for the draft pick compensation because if you know there's, there's no harm so They offered him that at the end of the 2014 season. We got a pick at the end of the first round with our real pick in the first round that everybody gets because there's no trading draft picks in baseball either. Not a thing, not allowed. So everybody gets a pick in the first round uh, unless you bang a trash can, then then you lose it. Uh, So we take Bo Burrows with our true first round pick in 2015. Then at the end of the first round – we get a, a bonus pick there there's probably about there's always between 5 to 10 teams uh that that get a pick in that cuz that's around how many qualifying offers are declined every offseason uh so then for us in the i believe it was the 34 somewhere between 34 through 36 pick in the draft somewhere in that range uh we then got an extra pick before the second round but after the first round And with that pick, we took Kristen Stewart. Okay, So, interesting, that's just a Tigers example of the qualifying offer. And then the team that uh, signs them also then has to give up draft pick compensation. Uh, And depending on a lot of different factors, how much uh, your total team salary is, uh, or and how much you sign the player for, that is then, uh, the, the MLB then determines what draft picks you lose in the upcoming draft. So there is some, some risk in signing someone that has been offered a qualifying offer as well. Now, it's also important to note that it, you cannot lose your first pick in your first round. That is ineligible to be taken in this compensation. But rounds two through 10 are all on the table. Sometimes they'll even have you lose multiple if that's where they feel the value is, like a third and a sixth or something. So there, there is some kind of hesitation from some people to stay away. Now, for the most part, you're, you're talking about getting rid of a second-round pick in baseball, which is already... In second rounds, the highest you can lose, even right. So you're talking about getting rid of uh, worst case scenario, a second round pick in baseball, which is the the uh, most unpredictable as far as people coming out of high school and college and getting drafted and determining their success at the their success at the MLB level. More uh, more more difficult to to hone in on baseball prospects in the draft than any other sport because there's so many levels of the minors they have to go through and everything so you're you're for the most part you're not talking about a a risk that too many teams look at and go oh that's going to make me not want to sign someone right most people are like all right a, a third round pick next year is definitely going to be worth bringing in someone who's good enough to receive a qualifying offer and you can't just throw them around because obviously not everybody's worth 18 million dollars a year, or, or AAV, I should say. Um, so so that is that is the the quick rundown of. I know I gave a rundown earlier in the off season, but um, that is the quick rundown of the qualifying offer. Okay, so this was made to a. About 15-ish people this year. It looks maybe a little bit less. Uh, Freddie Freeman of Note got one. But the people that jump off the page for Tigers fans are Justin Verlander, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Corey Seager, uh, Robbie Ray, I guess maybe to some people, Noah Sindergaard possibly. Um, Those are the— Eduardo Rodriguez, I would say, is probably in the Tigers kind of viewpoint as well or uh, on on their radar to some extent as well. So those are the main people that I want to highlight that got qualifying offers. What that means is if we sign them, uh, we will be losing some sort of draft pick compensation, but our first round pick is not eligible to be lost. And that's really all that matters. And that's also under the current CBA, which is important to note as well. On December 2nd, the collective bargaining agreement between the players Association, the Players Union, and the MLB, the owners, um, will run out and they will have to renegotiate a CBA. Now this really is scary for a lot of people because we've seen uh, in 2020 that the two of these parties do not see eye to eye on too much stuff and the MLB could have started their season months before And uh, because of arguments between the two parties on how to handle COVID, uh, it ended up being a 60-game season. The players got massively prorated salaries. The owners didn't get fans, uh, except for Texas for some reason. And so here we are. So there's a few things to, to go over with the CBA as well. Uh, Involving the qualifying offer and involving free agency and involving kind of the entire offseason as a whole. Okay, so we'll get into that on the other side of the break, but first I gotta tell y'all about DirecTV Streams. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. It means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. So get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. It's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies based on package. All right, everybody. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free little bit blah 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 free and available on all platforms. Welcome back to segment two of Locked On Tigers. Just kind of doing an off-season rundown feeling out process. So we talked about the qualifying offer. We talked about some of the people that got it. Um, it's also important to note you cannot be you cannot have two qualifying offers in your career as a player. Okay, so like Max Scherzer can never get offered a qualifying offer ever again because we offered him one when when he was leaving the Tigers. Okay. And that's why it's kind of crazy to see a name like Justin Verlander on this list at, at almost forty years old, right? It's kind it's kinda wild to see someone uh, a Hall of Famer, a first ballot Hall of Famer at almost forty, not be on this list. But we never let him get even remotely close to free agency ever. <laughs> right, his entire Tigers tenure, he was he was locked up for forever. Even after his rookie year, we didn't even let him go to arbitration. Just got a straight up extension, uh, and then and then years, seasons before his contract would run out, we would extend him longer and longer. So. Uh, he, he never even got close to being an unrestricted free agent while in Detroit, which is why he was never even close to being offered a qualifying offer before. And then the extension happened and then we traded him to Houston. And so there, there you go. That is why Justin Verlander's name can be on this list. Um, and then Carlos Correa, fairly obvious one. Most of these guys are pretty much guaranteed to decline them, but that's why teams offer them, Right. There, like, there's no way Freddie Freeman's taking a qualifying offer, but he, he's not going to – the the Braves, it makes sense to, to offer him that because if they get him back, then it's no harm, no foul. And if they end up losing him somehow in free agency, then, uh, then, then they get a pick at the end of the first round at least, which is I, – I find that hard to believe it's going to be worth Freddie Freeman at the end of the day, uh, the player they take there. But it, it's at least something, right? So – we uh I, I wanted to talk about the CBA, which ends, like I said, December second, like I was talking before the break. And it's gonna be an interesting offseason. And the qualifying offer directly pertains to that because the the incentive for the qualifying offer, I can't imagine it would change this off season. I I can't imagine that in the middle of free agency and stuff, like a month into free agency, that they'd be like, "Oh, by the way, we're changing the rules for this year on on it." So I would imagine that all, all those rules will will stay the same for this offseason. But going forward, we could see a, a slight change in the qualifying offer. Maybe the price goes up, or maybe the the penalty for signing someone who's been offered one goes up, or 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 maybe it goes down, or or uh, it, it all depends on who has the leverage in all that and and uh the so there's going to be a lot of of hassle around the cba because it really is it really is stressful uh this is a massive off season for a lot of teams it's the biggest shortstop market of all time uh it's the biggest off season for the Tigers specifically in in years and um there's a massive cba uh thing that that's right in the middle of of that offseason so the the interesting thing about it is I'm I'm interested, interested is a stupid word bro uh, I'm intrigued at what is going to happen with the offseason because that was that was way too vague I'm interested in how the CBA looming will affect the offseason I said interesting again you get what I'm trying to say. I'm not going to repeat myself again. I'm not going to put you through that or myself through that. But it's it's wild because let's say there's a, a lockout in the middle of the off season. So let's say neither side can get a deal done immediately, and there's this huge drawn-out thing, and and no one's told to work during this time and, and, and whatnot, right? That would put some incentive and incentivize teams to make moves before the CBA was agreed on? Or would it make them want to wait until after? Right? Like if if there's like if they go in and, and the new CBA has has adjustments to the qualifying offer, and it maybe be uh, – they they change the rules about uh, uh, years of service manipulation, right? Like you can't become an unrestricted free agent until you spend six full years at the MLB level. Um, so maybe you know teams will wait until May to call up their top prospects that it, that their rookie year doesn't count as a full year, and they get pretty much a whole extra year for free out of their prospects, right? So like, is is that? something they maybe change where they they make it so uh, that like service manipulation isn't a thing anymore. There's a lot of things that are going to be discussed and that could change during these CBA negotiations. And I'm int- I'm intrigued at what teams are going to do. I think that free agency is going to be basically put on complete hold until after they come to an agreement. I have a hard time believing that that like Scott Boris is looking around and he's like, oh, yeah, we want to get out ahead of this thing. Because the players really have a lot of the leverage this time. Because they know that the owners are not going to want to go into a lockout. They know that. They know that they don't want to bite until the regular season. Because of 2020. They already had a 60-game season with no fans where they they lost a boatload of money. Or, or I shouldn't say lost, but they didn't make a boatload of money that they planned on making in 2020. They're not going to have two sub—they're not going to have two, like, half seasons or, or even less uh, in, in a three-year stretch. And, and, and even 2021, fans weren't allowed at the beginning of the season. Like, you know, that wasn't that long ago. Um, there, there's no way that I, I, I see a reality where the owners are comfortable going into another lockout and, and basically having either no games played or no stand, or no fans at the ballpark for three consecu- parts of three consecutive seasons. There's, there's, I, I can't see that being possible, which gives me hope that they'll, they'll get a deal done relatively soon, which I'm as a fan, very, very happy about and pleased about. Um, But as a player, I would imagine that you would want to wait until after the potentially player-friendly CBA to get finalized so that you could try and make more money afterwards if any clauses or rules are added in there that are pro player, right? But on the flip side, I feel like that could mean that a lot of trades happen before, because uh, you are you are looking. You, you don't want to wait until after the the. I'm going to call it a lockout, even though no games aren't going to be played. But the the work stoppage, I guess, might be the way to call it. You don't want to wait until after that to make all of your trades, right? You don't want to you don't want to be making trades for the season in February, or or or. Maybe, Heaven forbid, March, right? So I, I think you might see a lot of trades in November and a lot of signings in late January, February when they get a deal done. That's like my interpretation of it. Now you could be listening to this like you're an idiot. I went to law school. This is how it's going to work, and and I'm right and you're wrong. And you have every right to 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 think that, and you might be right too. You might have a complete opposite viewpoint, but. I, I really think that they're going to want to get ahead of the trades and wait on the signings. I think that that is probably the the world that we are going to live in. Hopefully, best case scenario, it's just a quick thing. It only takes a couple of weeks, and uh, and they agree on a new one, and everybody's happy, and we go right back into the offseason and don't miss any time. But um, we're, we're already looking at, at – it's, it's definitely not agreed upon yet, <laughs> and it's in less than a month when it expires. Um, they're already talking about winter meetings potentially being canceled, which would really suck, because winter meetings is like a, a top five week of the year for me, because that's how much I, I enjoy baseball. I, I, I love winter meetings, man. Um, in, in high school, I used to sneak my phone into class and and try and like hide it behind my backpack and binders and stuff and just would update uh, the winter meetings update page over and over and over again. And uh, would do that instead of school, which I'm sure my parents are thrilled to hear about if they're listening to this episode. Um, And and the fact that we were already kind of robbed of it last year because it was all over Zoom and nothing happened because it was all over Zoom and that's not the same thing. The whole point of winter meetings is that every agent player gm and manager and owner all in one building and just let them loose and see what the hell happens uh so so the zoom winter meetings kind of were not real winter meetings and then this year we might just not get them at all if the, if the work stoppage is long enough so i'm i'm really hoping that it's just quick and they just rip the band-aid off and uh and and both sides swallow their pride a little bit and just get a deal done but I also know that neither of the sides have really have a history of swallowing their pride. So, uh, yeah, yeah, the classic, yeah. So, uh, we will get into back to the, the players that we talked about in segment one and what that could mean for the Tigers specifically in the third segment here, all right? But first, I got to talk to you all about Bill Barr. I love Thanksgiving. All the good foods, treats, plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for our friends over at Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, with plenty of protein. So replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Bilt Bar. Or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. They're low calories, low carb, low fat, and high protein. Covered in 100% real, real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough. Go for a built bar too. Share some of your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet. Get Aunt Betty on the wave, man. It's ridiculous that she hasn't tried a build Bar yet. There's new surprises all month. Limited time. Flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. There's nothing like build Bar Black Friday either, man. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off of yours. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, everybody, we are back here for our third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. You can follow me on Twitter at Scotty. You can follow the show at Locked on Tigers. So, Carlos Correa, Justin Verlander, Trevor Story, Corey Seager all receive qualifying offers. Uh, none of these draft pick losses will should scare the Tigers away whatsoever, Um there there is no way signing carlos correa is not worth losing the like a second round pick i don't know if you've seen our second round pick draft history in the last like 20 years but it's not great so the there's no way there's no way you will ever convince anyone that a dude with the offensive production of correa as well as he just won gold glove yesterday at the position tied for the lead of all of baseball and defensive run saves at any position tied with Jacob Stallings catcher of the Pirates. So fun to watch, by the way, if you, if you want to know what good catching is, watch Jacob Stallings behind the dish, man, an, an elite catcher behind the plate. Absolutely a a beauty to watch. Um, so, like, Carlos Correa's value is, is even if you, you said you were losing a second and a fourth, like, that's still just a, such an easy slam dunk of a, yes, we will take Correa, take whatever picks you want, right? Verlander, that one is is where it gets a little iffy for some people. For me personally, that still doesn't scare me away, but for some people, and, and there's a more a way more legitimate gripe for that one. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't think that's like a, a dumb or a stupid take by any by any means. But um, there, there's a little bit of a, a, a gripe there. Um, I, I would argue that uh, with the money that Verlander is going to get and our presumed payroll, I don't think we're going to be losing like a second or a third round pick for getting JV. I think you're looking at more of a, a, a mid-round pick um, and, and somewhere between like a fourth and sixth round pick for uh, what what I would hope would be a two year contract of Justin Verlander, if we were to bring him back, even though he is old and coming off Tommy John, is a risk that I would very much be willing to take. But again, I, I do understand the hesitation a lot more on that one than I do any hesitation anyone might have on bringing in Correa or Story. Like that's that that those two are no brainers. Uh, same with Seager. Any of the shortstops. Any of the shortstops that got offer a qualifying offer, which I believe is just those three, actually, um, there there should be no hesitation. There, you, you should not have a a thought in your head of of oh, but the draft picks we're going to lose. No, that, we'd be locking up our shortstop for the next five plus years, um, and and these guys are all in their mid twenties. Like it, that's that's just comfortably worth it. Verlander one makes a little bit more sense. Like I said, that uh, that one, that one, I can at least see the argument a little bit more. Um, I, I again, I, I would bring him in for a two year deal. I think that um, a, I think if he wanted a one year deal, he would just accept the qualifying offer, which he still can do. this list, of, this is the list of people that have been offered them, not that have like accepted or declined. Uh, the free agency and the accept slash decline qualifying offer date overlap by about a week, week and a half so that people can gauge their market and figure out whether they want to accept it or not. Uh, so so I, I, if, if he just wants a one-year deal, he should just accept the qualifying offer and just go back there for 18 whatever mil and, and reprove himself and then hit free agency again next year. But I think, and again, this is all just my evaluation. I could be so wrong. Lord knows i'm I'm wrong a lot. but I, I would imagine that if you that you could give Verlander less than 18 million dollars of of a AAV, but give him two years and he would be more incentivized to take that than the qualifying offer. because realistically, again, he's almost 40 and coming off Tommy John. I think giving him multiple years of security at this point in his career after a, a, a what 16, 15 years he's now been in baseball and, and the millions of dollars he's made. I would imagine that the, uh, that, that the year, the extra year of security and the total contract being higher than 18 mil would be worth what he's cashing at the bank every other friday you know what i mean so i uh, that that's and i'm not saying you can get him for like 2 years 10 mil total or anything but but i think if if you went down to like 15 maybe even 13 aav but gave him 2 years i think it would it might make more sense in his current situation to take that than 1 year 18 so that, that's an interesting one. Like I said, all the shortstops are no-brainers. Just should be zero hesitation. Noah uh, the because we, we are going to be prevalent in the pitching market, as the front office has said. Uh, so, so, like, Eduardo Rodriguez is an interesting one. Noah Sindergaard coming off, you know, he, he's had his injury problems. Uh, but in theory, that one should be well worth it as well. Um, Robbie Ray. I don't I don't think we're in the Robbie Ray market. I think that's more of a toronto slash angels kind of a thing um but if we were uh that that one would be an interesting one just because he he is he's had a roller coaster of a career he's either had an amazing year or or like bad years there's there's he's been all over the place uh with with his individual seasons throughout his career so um that that one is is interesting Marcus Simeon is another shortstop. He played second this year, um, and was a Gold Glove finalist at second. had a had a fantastic year. hit a boatload of homers. had a, had an unbelievable season. Um, but if if the Tigers were to sign him, I would imagine he would move over and play shortstop again, like he did before this year. Uh, that that's another again. If if you're signing a big name shortstop, there is no hesitation with the draft pick compensation you'd be losing. Uh, eduardo rodriguez erod that's like we need starting pitching dog like again maybe maybe you value rounds two through ten in the mlb draft more highly than i do but i i can't imagine anybody on this list me looking at them and being like oh no I, i i really want my sixth round pick like i I, I just can't imagine that getting immediate help for multiple years at the major league level is worth a, a non-first round draft pick. Like I, I, I really like I would do it for second rounds for pretty much all these dudes. Uh, I, I, I don't value those uh, higher than getting major league help immediately when we're trying to build up something. So have your own interpretation and own. Thoughts on on who would be worth it and who wouldn't, but but in my eyes, man, these are all good enough people to be making eight at least eighteen million dollars a season, and we have nobody on this team that is even making eighteen million dollars a season besides Miguel Cabrera, and he's not playing well enough, stats wise, to be worth eighteen million dollars a season. So, yeah. I, 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 would, I would gladly take all these guys, I guess is my point, which is I, we're in for a really fun off season. Hopefully the CBA thing gets worked out relatively quickly, um, but but it's here. Happy free agency, everybody. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Episode 2 will be tomorrow, and we'll be back on the player breakdown grind until some free agency news happens. Uh, I don't know who I'm going to pick yet because I never do, as you guys know. But now make sec- your second listen of the morning. Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Aram Leighton is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB Stars of Tomorrow. It's free and available on all platforms. Maybe some Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green talk in there. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. We'll be back. Happy free agency, man. Enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, just, just enjoy... Free agency and the frenzy that will happen. Hopefully some moves get made. Hopefully we have some fun times. And hopefully the Tigers are buying, baby. We ball. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. And I will catch you all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.